Hey everyone, it's Naomi Sneakers and welcome to the Firecracker Department. What a week! I've had a great week. Um, how has your week been? I have, uh, you know, I'm spending some time in the old California, the old Los Angeles right now, and uh, taking some classes at the Groundlings, which is, um, which is interesting. I took some classes at UCB and uh, Upright Citizens Brigade and also Groundlings, and it's really interesting just to see the different styles. But the thing I like most about it is uh, the folks that I get to meet, because it sort of builds your community. I say that a lot on this podcast. I'm big on the old community. Uh, we finished our final scriptees show, which is um, an improvised play that we did every week in the month of April at uh, Impro Theatre. Here's a couple of tips for those going to Los Angeles. Impro Theatre does great, amazing long-form uh, improv. So that is a whole other style. If you want to see like theatrical improv, go there. It's on Vermont. And then you've got like characters and fast thinking comedy over at Groundlings. And then you've got games and, and truthy truths over at UCB and uh, super funny. They're all great for different reasons and uh, I really suggest you check them all out. You know what I have found really inspiring this week that I've been watching is the uh, series Fleabag. Have you seen that? It's with this gal. Um, her name is Phoebe Waller-Bridge, and uh, she's incredible. Supposedly the whole series, it's like, I, I don't think it, it can go, I mean, you'll see it, and I don't think it can go for a second season because of the storyline, but it's based on a play that she did, which I love. I love the, um, the bridging of theater and film and TV and comedy and all that stuff. I think it's, it's really great with our company, the National Theater of the World, uh, we try to do that. We try to find a, a bridge so that people who usually see improv go, Oh, um, I also like theater. And people who see theater also go, Hey, I like improv. So opens the old mind up. Anyway, Fleabag, I almost don't want to tell you anything about it, but she's just got such a great... This gal, um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, was in um, Broadchurch as well. And she was great in that as well. But Fleabag has just such a great construct and... Um, it's funny, but it's also super sad, and it just uncovers this great storyline that um, that's quite beautiful and tragic, and beautifully tragic. Anyway, uh, really inspiring. I can't wait to see what that woman does next. What else has been going on this week? I went to Universal Studios, and you would think, oh, you know, a lot of people go to Universal Studios, and, uh, you know, they ride the... Harry Potter ride, which is incredible, incredible. If you wanna feel like a kid and you wanna feel like you're flying, that's that's where you go. Yeah, so a lot of people go to Universal Studios, um, but do a lot of people go to see the Animal Actors show? And do a lot of people get to be chosen as a volunteer to have the parrot take the dollar bill out of the hand? My hand? No! That's what happened to me. It was so fun. You know, how often do you put your hand up when they ask for a volunteer? <laughs> because usually they ask for a volunteer and it should go to a, a child. But they asked for an adult this time and I got chosen. Anywho, I put the little video on my Instagram and uh, you can go watch it. 
I highly, highly recommend it. What else? What have you guys been doing this week? What kind of shows have you been seeing? Now, I know people are listening to this in Toronto and Los Angeles and England, but where are you in the world? Drop me a little tweet or message and let me know where you're listening. Let me know what you're doing while you're listening to this. Because I feel like we're a world of multitaskers and heaven forbid we only do one thing. Speaking of not doing one thing, here we go. I have a fantastic guest today and it's Gracelyn Kung. And I, this gal, she's fantastic. I've known her forever. And then recently she did a movie with uh, my fella, uh, Matt Barham. She did The Life and Death of Carl Nardlinger. And so um, I watched that film a bunch of times because we went to a couple festivals that it was in. And she's just so great. I feel like everything that Grace does, she does it with such intelligence. And, uh, but also it's like an actor's buffet. She does a um, little bit of comedy, little bit of uh, heart, little bit of smartiness, and a whole lot of grace. She's the whole package. I'm a big fan of this gal. We, we had a great chat, we had a little bit of wine, and had a discussion about the importance of being a creator. And uh, gosh, I think that's important. If you aren't creating something right now, start. Just take that first step. Like the first step of like meeting for coffee with somebody to talk about that idea. Or um, picking up that book that tells you how to. Or um, I don't know, just start. Just take that first little step. I personally, uh, you know, we we have a lot of uh, plates that spin with our company and with our, our lives and things like that. But I personally know that I need a team. I need somebody to be answerable to. I need somebody to give me deadlines. Is that something that you need? Maybe go find somebody that is like-minded. Speaking of minds that I like, there we go. I'm just, just so good at the segues, really. Let's have a listen to my chat with Grace. year I've been realizing how consumed I've been by the business in terms of all pursuits like my life is like wherever my work goes mm -hmm. I go and that's the number one drive yeah like I don't you're very work focused right now yeah like yeah I've never but I also think like a lot of times that is because of you know we were discussing this last night when you put in this amount of effort into your into your job I mean, you very rarely see the same kind of out, like, whatever you put out is not necessarily what you get back. Right, yeah. You know, like, even what you spend every time, you know, like, when people used to give out headshots more frequently. Right. Every oh time my you're gosh. like, oh, it's $15! I know! <laughs> is this, am I going to get it? Yeah, like, you know, if I'm not going to get cast, can I have my photo back? And you know what's the worst <laughs> is when you're handing it, you're like, oh, did you guys need a headshot? And they're like, uh, yeah. And you're like, it's the... What are you supposed to do? And you're like, oh, I just yeah. burning you. Sometimes yeah. I just want the will to be like, you know what? It's okay. Yeah. Thanks. Because <laughs> you seem like you have a, a like a very strong drive in your career. Yeah, but sometimes I go, is that for me, or is that because the other things didn't go well? Like, what do you mean? Like, I have a lot of friends who I feel like they knew that they wanted other. I don't know. Their relationships seem to take a different course yeah they're or they weighed other things and for me it was always like well my work is where I remember getting out of university and being like I don't think I could meet Mr. 
Mr. Right for me right now. Right. So then you start focusing on your career. Or is it because of that because it's so difficult to hold up a relationship in the business? Right. Okay, it's because you were born in Ottawa, but you didn't go to school in Ottawa. Uh -uh. You went to school in England. Well, I did, but then I came here for school. Yeah. And then I went there. In the first two years, I was just on um, the youth mobility scheme. Right. Like the one for Commonwealth. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, and then I wanted to stay. And so I thought, you know, I've always considered changing the path that I'm on. Maybe I will. And it was really cool there because... Wait, is that when you started acting? No, 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 no. no. I was acting. No, no, I was acting before I left. Because you were doing speech and speech and drama in England? So I was... I had been... That I had started mm-hmm. in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. And when I went to the UK, I had already... Um, I just finished school and then had gone and lived there for a while and decided I didn't want to come back yet. Right. So I decided to go back to school and I went for something entirely different. So I was studying naturopathic medicine. Yeah, I read. That's amazing. Yeah. I didn't know that about oh, you at so, all. Did you love it? I did. Yeah. I really loved it. Um, but what a diversity from... Is it though? Like, because I just think actors are interested in so many things. Like, Oh yeah. Like it's all going to, it's all food for thought, right? You're, mm-hmm. Everything that you do as an actress is all going to feed your craft. But yeah. to study something like that intensely... Yeah, you know... It's like science and arts together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I just... I'm the kind of person who also, when I get into research, I just go down that route. Yeah. And then you're just like, what was I? What was I? Do you get like that with your acting work too? I do, but I kind of like it. Yeah. And now I've realized how addicted I am to sleeplessness. Really? But that's become... Because when you're that... A lot of it is like, when it's late at night, yeah. I feel like I'm the only one awake in the city. It feels like my time. I love like, that. It's very, very... Like, it's very enticing because mm-hmm. it's, it's your own creative space and then within that when you're so tired but you don't realize you're tired your brain is still able to function it's like an altered you're like in an altered state Mm -hmm. so sometimes you're really like i'm like certain you know when you just you feel like something it's just clicking Mm -hmm. all of it's clicking Mm -hmm. so there's like there's no maybe it's because like you're the voice of the the voice of judgment on top of it is lightened so you just well also because facebook isn't on and twitter isn't on so you're able to focus probably (laughs) Right? like Yeah. Yeah. I've been really heavily considering the action of those in my life. Yeah. They're very, uh, yeah, they can be very toxic for sure. You have to be careful. Yeah. It can be used for good or evil. And yeah. now I feel like I'm really off the Facebook machine. I feel like it's comparison central and not in a positive way. And it's the first leak in the pipeline of potentially good creative energy. Yeah. Big time. Well, that's a really, that's a very astute thing. I, don't, I use Facebook mostly for promo stuff for mm-hmm. our company, but... Matt, Matt said something to me once. He said, you know, whatever somebody posts on on uh, Facebook, somebody doesn't have that. Like, if you post a picture of, like, oh, look at this great meal we're having. There's somebody that sees and goes, I, I don't have that. Or here's a picture of me and my guy. Oh, I wish I had a relationship. Like, it's yeah. always you're going to hit somebody in a negative way no matter what. Yeah. Which is a really hard thing to recognize when you're putting stuff out there. That's the hardest thing, I think, about being existing right now yeah because there are so many visual mediums that mm-hmm. are being like this is what life can look like this is what life should look like mm-hmm. and so you're kind con- even if you're having the best time you're like oh it doesn't look like that. yeah right i'm not as happy as what those pictures and are. which means that in itself you will never be able to be that no happy. like you'll never be able to be happy yeah that's the trick i find sometimes of acting because it calls so many it's highly competitive it calls so many like-minded competitive people who are pretty good at what they do, yeah. fighting for the same small piece of turf. And it doesn't matter what you do. You're always, I think, for the most part, you're always craving 
more because you're never at a point where you're like, ah. Have you ever? Perfect. Even when you're doing like insecurity, where you're just like, ah, because that was a no. fun role. And, no. 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 Have you? Have you um, like that? No. <laughs> no. Okay. Because I was like, I think that's the difference between people and, yeah. and that's the key to happiness. No. I'm always like, what's next for sure. Yeah. I have like moments yeah. of like, oh, this is awesome. And I mm -hmm. recognize I am able to go, oh, but this moment is pretty great. Mm -hmm. But I'm still going, this is great, and, and what's happening next? Yeah, like I feel like I learned a lot. I feel like the cast of insecurity and the experience on insecurity taught me a lot in terms of how special it was. Yeah. I don't know if it was... I was able to see a certain amount of that at the time, but I think my cast taught me a lot of things that just sort of like rolled in the years after. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. About... Maybe humility is a good word for that, but just about life and knowing how to take it a little easy sometimes. Yeah. Like how, how specifically did you learn those lessons? There were moments where I think I wasn't as cognizant or sensitive, sensitive, because I've always been like, if it's not the very best, why are you doing it? Right. Like, I don't understand why you wouldn't. So That's to me, a lot when of pressure, though. It is a lot of pressure. Oh my God, so where's that from really for you? you're really keyed up. Because I just fundamentally believe, I think because I feel like there's so much we can do in the world and it's this heavy responsibility, which nobody could, yeah. you know, like you burn yourself out. Yeah. Like there's so much you can do and we have so little time. That's exhausting. It is exhausting. But then I go, but if you don't, what are you saying? Are you just saying, well, let's just leave it for somebody else. I don't know. I think I have the do your best, Nikos. <laughs> Yes, and yeah. I, I think there's something to that. I am. I feel like this is a lot of like what I've been learning in the last year because it's yeah. like it doesn't. It's nobody's. You're not serving anybody, least of all yourself, if you don't have any energy. And at the end of the day, and I think like with time, just yeah. business drains you, and you just have more obligations, and you know, like there's never enough time yeah. to give. So, Were you, did you always have that in you? Like as a kid growing up in Ottawa, did you always have that kind of like? Do the best in everything and yeah. standards. And is that just from your parents and from your surroundings? Um, it's hard to say. I mean, like, yeah, I feel like I was raised to work very hard. But my mom had this thing where she was like, hard work makes difference. You know, she had this story about how when she was learning English in school, she got a mark and was like second from the bottom of the class. And she worked really, really hard and put in all these hours right. after school and then made it to the second from the top. You know, and my mom, my mom was always like, I never felt like I was blessed with the, the greatest amount of like intelligence, but she worked really hard. And we, um, last year went and accompanied her on an alumni trip to, uh, she's a really active alumni. She went for this, went to this really great university in Taiwan. And so they have a really active, uh, alumni association and they went to Australia and Tasmania oh, wow. and joined her. Yeah. Oh, it was cool. really cool was seeing, um, my mom with like her peers, yeah. with her friends. Because you don't usually see that. When do you see your family as like well, with their I get peers? invited to a lot of uh, <laughs> chemistry parties. Yeah. Oh, it's a treat. Good times. Good times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But and it's true. And they see all jokes uh, and all the... <laughs> I can't tell you the jokes because there were none. But uh, yeah, no, I, we, I was brought up with a lot of chemistry students around us. Yeah. And so I saw my father in that. Light for sure, but was but your with mom... students, not with, like, his professor? Same diff. Yeah? Yeah, same. and you know what? I'd go to conferences with him, too. Oh, and I'd really? See, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, I was charmed. It was a charmed life wow. as a scientist's daughter. Um, but what did your mom do? Um, 
so my mom studied mass comm, so she was in journalism, and this school was amazing right. and like really driven sorts. And I was like, Mom! And then they were, I was the most serious person at this party. Wow. They were all right. like off the chart. And it was so fun. Like yeah. I got to see my mom with her like roommates and like. Just being silly. And, yeah. Oh, and I, I like, I think along with like all the things that I feel like humans should, uh, can be capable of, like it, it's really good for me to be surrounded by people who are able to be light. And that's why I adore yeah. dogs so much because it's like it reminds me that like there's levity in life. And because you love dogs, is that what you said? Yeah, yeah I, like I get it. Dogs because they're always like this. Yeah, hopeful. And no matter how many times you walk in the door, yeah. it's the best. It's the best moment ever yeah. when you do it. It's the best. I love dogs so much. Dogs are like a great reminder to like not. Life is not, it yeah. doesn't have to You could be. have like the shittiest piece of rope and you'd be like, buddy, you want your rope? You're like, yes, I love that shitty rope. I love rope. Yeah. It's the best thing of my life. I'm going to give you a piece of plastic and I'm going to put some peanut I butter inside. Plastic. It's going to be a sweet ride. Yeah. So then did your mom practice journalism when she was in Canada? So, she studied yeah, language, in- though, yeah, she studied, she went, um, she did her undergrad in Taiwan, yeah. she did her postgrad, and that's how she met my dad, they did, were doing postgrads in uh, in the States. Oh, cool. So, yeah, my mom was a fighting Eli and I, which we thought she made up, we were like, mom, you're just not getting the English right, but that's what they're called at the University of Illinois. Right. <laughs> the fighting Eli, and we, I felt so bad, because my brother and I were always like, yeah, mom. <laughs> Fighting Eli Nye, okay. <laughs> whatever, whatever that is. And then you go there, everybody's got fighting so, Eli Nye. Yes, and then we didn't and... know. My mom used to sing the Happy Anniversary, Happy Anniversary, and we were like, "Mom, you made that up." And then the Simpsons once had oh, it yeah. on, and my brother and I just had shame face. <laughs> we were like, "Oh my goodness, she didn't make it up. We're terrible children." But then was that your like? I mean, she seems like she was a pretty driven woman then to get through. That kind of school, and your dad too. Like, yeah, was that oh yeah, inspiring my dad was like for a PhD to... in ceramic engineering, which I know so much about. Ceramic. What we the hell talk. is that? Uh, let's do a different podcast. Like, uh, is that plugging in pottery, or is that I don't <laughs> yes. know? Yes. Um, Heating paraffin racks. Right. Oh yeah, your dad and my dad would have a heyday <laughs> party. Next party, you're invited. <laughs> Uh, but, ne- but that didn't, that led you to acting. Like, was there a moment where you're like, I'm, I need to act or was there a moment where you thought I'm going to try it or mm-hmm. how did it get into your world? I did grow up with like a lot of my friends who ended up in the business, I think grew up with theater, mm-hmm. but like that was not, I don't know if that's a, um, classic, like, I don't know, like, I don't know how many immigrants were kind of like came from a couple well, are you first generation Canadian? Yeah, I was like yeah. the first. Yeah, born in Canada. Yeah. So, um, I didn't. I didn't grow up with theater in no. my blood, but I did grow up watching film, and I loved film. Yeah, like it was that really spoke to me. Do you remember like films child. that you're like watching over and over again for the quality of acting? Oh, what quality of acting? No, but I loved. I loved a what few good gonna... men so much oh, yeah. that I audio taped it so I could listen to it when I wasn't down by the television. And wow. still to this day, I could. I could. You could start the movie at any time. I'd be able to quote all cool. of it to you. I still like. What was the film you were gonna say? And then I said quality of acting. <laughs> no, but it made me think of like. It made me think of this. Uh, it's. It was this movie, I don't know where it came from, but I discovered The Three Ninjas. Did you ever watch that? No. Was it a comedy? It was... Uh, <laughs> debatably. No, it was, it was a comedy. I feel like it was a comedy. It was like a childhood, okay. like... I just loved there it. There were the, like... No, I fell in love with the 
oh, this brother in that in that film, and I thought for sure, I was like, I'm going to move to California. Right. We are going to get married. Well, Grace, we've and got I- him here right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is your oh, life. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember finding him on IMDb once and being like, he left the business. See, I knew I was in love with him. He didn't even, he was like, he just was interested in the martial arts. And he wasn't, <laughs> he just wasn't interested in the business. He's right. in like psychology or something now. Yeah. But it's interesting to have like that. I was like, oh, I really, I loved him so much. And I thought we're going to live in California. Yeah. Like, was that the reason you got into acting? Was because of movies I like don't that? No, that's what I mean. You wanted to be a ninja. <laughs> like, Not bad. Well, I don't know. I identify with the story, but I was just never good. I was never good at doing something I didn't want to. My mom will attest to right? that. Right? Yeah. Like so, what? Like I, what was it that you. I, there were so many things I found boring. So my mom, I entered this contest that my mom tells this story was such woe. And it was like, there were so many applicants in university and I got in, I got into this like job with the government that was like the special one for students. And there were so many, so many applicants and I got one of the few positions and it was like working for the um, Statistics Canada. Okay. Great gig. Sure. Like for summer students, Great. you know, you're making like, univer- like that's like Ottawa money is like government it's money. It's good that's money. Yeah. good money. And yeah. like, I guess benefits for whatever <laughs> whatever that means as a child yeah you don't know that you need benefits great as a kid. great gig yeah but I was so depressed and I remember being in like a sort of like a tri-cubicle and there was a woman across from me who was typing numbers all day long and she would talk to herself uh, and you saw a flash and I, forward I just yeah I was you know what it was it was like I would ride the OC transpo every day to go to work with everyone else I would sit in that tri-cubicle thing with the woman who would talk to herself. Then I would ride the OC Transpo home. And I would literally go home and put my face on the floor and just kind of lie there. Because I just, my Jesus. body was like, just do this. Oh my God. And I don't, I was like, I can't do this. How long did that last for? So I lasted for a week. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, I, I did it for a year. And I was like, I couldn't do I'm it. I'm still there now. Great benefits. I quit, but I didn't tell my mom. And I was like, but I'm going to get a job. Yeah. So it's like, it's not, I'm not like, you know, like f- flim flamming all over the place. Yeah. I'm going to get a job. My friend was working at Zeller's at the time. Yeah. Swanky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to get a job at Zeller's. Got the job. Started working there. So it was like, I was like, this is seamless. Yeah. It's all working out. Then one day I came home. Not as good money, I think, at Zeller's. No. Yeah. Great smock though. <laughs> Sexy. Yeah, so he came home. I came home and I'm like walking into the kitchen and it's like a camera. I can just see like the edge of the table before I see my mom and I see there's like an, a government envelope and it's been opened. Uh, and then I turn the corner, I see my mom and she's opened it and they sent home my record of employment, which meant like I quit. Yeah. And she was like, what, what is this? this? Oh <laughs> and I was God. like, I have a job, I have a job. But it was one of those things. It was that moment where I was like, I cannot have a desk job. I know yeah. for certain I cannot, I can't die this way. Yeah. <laughs> this can't be the Great way Great character I research for that, no. though. Yeah. Because no. you don't know it until you... Also, I've worked at a lot of jobs, and I feel like this is not for everyone. This, you know, I'll put the disclaimer out there, but I've also seen some of the laziest people right. ever. They just have given up on, like... Because their... you can, yeah. to a certain extent. You're very cushy. There's a lot of seniority that plays into this. So yeah. it's like you can... Um, you know, maybe different priorities, right? Some people have families; they need the benefits. Well, yeah, and, for and, and also, like, you don't. You, nobody's really. There's no active witch hunt to get rid of people right. for the most part. Yeah. Like, it's 
one of the safer probably jobs that you could get. Yeah. You know, so... So did you then go, I got to do something that's going to take me away from being at the desk? Is that when you started pursuing acting or did you take classes? I got into... My mom, I wanted to quit piano. Right. And my mom's like, you're not going to no, quit. No, unless you, you already quit your stats, John. You know, forget like, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like a violent struggle. And at one point, she agreed to switch piano teachers. And I, oh, I was such a pissant. I just was rebelling. So when she brought me to the new guy, he would... Feel so bad. Sorry, Dominic. But he would ask me questions. You'd be like, "What key is this in?" I'd be like, "I don't know." Oh, I was, just, but I hated being there. Yeah. I wanted to not be there, but I was being forced. Yeah. And I made him so angry that he pushed the piano and he knocked over the chair. And my mom was like, "Okay, I think that's the end of that." Oh wow! But I had to be in something else. And one of her friends had um, told her about the Ottawa School for Speech and Drama. Yeah. So she was like, "Okay, wow. this is what you're gonna do." And then it, I found, like, and then through that, I got my first agent. And in Ottawa, it's all, like, um, corporate work. Yeah. So I started doing voiceovers for, like, the, oh, great. the, yeah. the phone companies. Yeah. And and I really, it always kept me occupied. Yeah. I was a very curious child, you know, like, almost causing death to myself. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I was playing with keys when I was in what do keys look like? They fit in the sockets. Jesus. So I blew out my my cousin my um, my uncle's place in Kalamazoo. Oh my god! And nearly killed myself. Oh my god! It? But I I'm curious, you know. And yeah, I think... curiosity killed the grace. That's <laughs> what they used to say. Now they changed it to no, cat. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, yeah. Um, wow. So so acting always kept me really stimulated. Yeah, and it's so it's so difficult to do. Like it's. But that attitude of like I'm just gonna tell my music teacher I don't know what's going on. Did that carry through into acting? Like that kind of ballsiness. Uh, ballsiness. Okay, pissiness. (laughs) I feel very strongly about the things, like, I feel very strongly about injustice, and I think that was, that's a lot of it. Yeah, that you're doing something you didn't want to do. Yeah. Or why. If you can explain why, then then that makes sense to me. But if it's just for power, or if it's like, I just had a lot of questions. Like, I questioned a lot of the structure, which I think works well sometimes. And then, but it's also... I've learned how to, like, when I'm listening to direction, to, like, be very aware of how my face is registering. <laughs> yes. Yes. You're like, I know that feeling. I, like, some people are just not born with having to watch that because they look like everything is pleasurable. And yeah. I just look like there's consternation at every point. <laughs> so do you have that attitude now still? Like, the injustice? Uh, yes, I do. D- p- pursuit? Yeah. Yeah, the injustice thing really really gets me but yeah. sometimes you just have to temper it because then you can't go on with life and then also it makes you really ineffective because you're I think you're so frustrated well yeah I don't know okay, wait so you said something though you said you can't make you go on with life like do you feel like sometimes like your pursuit of justice stops you from like learning or stops you from getting hired or well how does it stop you uh well I I'm, I wonder about being hired but I don't I mean I, mean, I don't think you're a controversial is, actress. You know, like, I, I, I would hope not. But I get into conversations about, and when they concern people in the business, that's when it's, right. you know, you know, there have been incidents where, like, prominent people who are working in the business have said things that I am not a fan of right. and do not believe are acceptable, and I'll speak up about that. Yeah. Um, and whether or not that goes anywhere. I mean, you never know about what goes on, but, you know, I, I believe in what I said. And yeah. I, you know, don't... You're not going to shy away from it. 
Yeah, that mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm not, you know, like I'm not aggressively pinning anyone to it, but it's, if this is something that you've said, I think you need to stand up for it. Much like things that I said were, you know, after the fact, learning about how things are perceived, you know, there's, it's very different when you have something of a more public microphone, but also like yeah. a lot of these issues change because people who are in a position where they can speak about something said something and somebody else agreed and somebody else worked with that person and then we got somewhere Mm -hmm. you know it's like people meeting like-minded individuals you know that's certain but not everybody speaks up about their uh outrage or their frustration yeah that I think I have a I have a hard time understanding but I I I live in a condo and I live across from a lot of condos and I love to look at the people in the condos. It's called stalking, but it's go on. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but like it's it's really interesting because I feel like from the outside, a lot of times I go, people seem very happy to like go to work and come home and cook dinner together and watch TV. Mm. And then I go, if I did that, I think I would be so unhappy. Right. I would just be so restless. But I envy their sense of peace. What seems to me like their sense of peace. Right. Because that is something that I feel like I've never had. I'm constantly restless. And that's why I think Mm. busy cities like London appeal to me. Because in those cities, I feel like the restless, the the, the energy of the city diffused my restlessness. Mm -hmm. And the calmer the city I'm in, the more I am restless. Oh, interesting. And maybe that's just because it feels like there's, there's so much to do, I feel, amongst all the doing. That yeah. Makes sense well, I know London's sense. really crazy. I, I and I can imagine that you can get swept up into that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but just so going back to so that to the um, so you're in your acting career. Mm-hmm. Was there a point that you realized that this was less less of a hobby and more of a career? Um, like it feels like you have your toe in a lot of different things. Like even yeah. taking a break from acting and studying naturopathic medicine. Yeah. You know, it, like, although your drive is fierce, it feels like the drive to have a voice is more fierce than the drive just to be an actor. Yeah, yeah. So I've recently gotten into directing. Yeah. And so that's been an eye-opening experience. Yeah. Because as much as I've always felt like I've sat, sat on so many paddles for panels for gender equity and for diversity and speaking right. about all these issues, but it never feels like it gets anywhere. And you're speaking to people, for the most part, who uh, we're all on the same page yeah. anyway. So yeah, nothing's yeah, yeah. changing. No. Nothing's Do you feel changing. like nothing's changed? I feel like things are changing, but they're not fast enough. Right. They're We're impatient. Fast enough. So it's do you a feel bit like of that? But also like people's lives are like we see we see children growing up. I have a niece now. Yeah. You know, and she is growing up at the speed of light. Yeah. And also like I have friends who've got nieces who are like fourteen and I'm like, these are young adults. Yeah. And I'm reading this is like I've no. read a lot of articles about like how pornography and like access to everything online is affecting male young male brains right and it's terrifying because this also plays into things like social media where we're getting into instagram Uh and twitter and facebook and all of this where i was talking about young girls whose first sexual experiences are more they none of them spoke about pleasure all of them spoke about the the way that they knew them, they would be rated because the men would talk about it. Right. Wow. And the idea of like a woman in her nascent sort of like sexual experiences, not even thinking about her own pleasure. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. That is not okay to me. No. 
And I think that in our business, like we are part of the media machine, we are part of the media, the, the narrative culture, we need to be better teachers because we have a huge effect. We have a huge effect in terms of how people view beauty, which I also think we do a really crap job mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. which affects people's health. And that that matters. It affects people's mental health. It affects their physical health. And I think we're just... I don't agree with a lot of the images that we put out there as these are the things that we shall attain and these are the things that are deemed attractive and these are the things that are deemed of value in a person. Mm-hmm. What so, I think it yeah. is is like education or, 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 or um, awareness of the, not the explicit, but the implicit. So I think most people would go, sexism is bad. Mm-hmm. But what are the minor things? When we talk about Hillary Clinton being likable, that's, that's implicit. Like that's, that's subtle sexism mm-hmm. because it tells us what we hold as what a woman is supposed to be to us in society. That's like, she is likable. Do we discuss that when it comes to men? Just like we were saying before, the thought of being asked, is America ready for two women? <laughs> what kind of, but, but I think most people don't, you don't spend time musing on what that actually means, but, what that says yeah. about our everyday society. And like, I, I, people who are like good human beings, like friends of mine, and they'll say things. And I'm like, that's from a very, that's a girly punch. Did you say girly punch or like fights like a girl right. or, yeah. you know, like what we expect, like, oh, she's not very, you know, like even what, what we call women to be in this is big time in the business, you know, like I'll travel for a while, then I'll come back and I'll come to an audition and it always hits me like, like just like a, running into a cement wall and it's like, oh, yeah. where did I think I was? Okay. Yeah. Get that stuff on your face and get the, you know, and for the longest time, even though I've always been like, for the most part as an adult, I've always been very active. I never thought of myself as fit because I was constantly told from the second I entered the business that I was not and my face was like round and I was first gig I ever got I was told to lose weight for and it's you know like those are fundamental things and they're you know like this is a very narcissistic business and we're forced to see ourselves all the time on screen and you're you you know what else you're seeing so your brain if you're like accumulating data you're like this is successful this is not I know myself when I look when I'm more fit I like seem to work more you know like Mm -hmm. this is these are the truths of the business Mm -hmm. you know and us as humans we just are enticed by you know like the aesthetically pleasing Mm -hmm. and hopefully that can broaden a little bit but for now we work in the constraints of the business Mm -hmm. that we're we're in um but I think within Mm -hmm. that a lot of things that are like accepted we don't we don't question so I get really I get really angry about when I read things like that because I go, this is not okay. And while everyone goes, yeah, yeah, that sounds like something bad. I think we don't link up the, oh, so when you look at this, there's this Dolce and Cabana ad, which is like, this is like a lot of connotations Mm -hmm. of gang, gang rape. But it's like, yeah, okay, that seems extreme. But like, it's not so extreme when you start to like, oh, this is kind of infiltrating into an ad for American Eagle. Mm-hmm. And, oh, is that just kind of like a little bit of subtle, like, stuff that's happening in the background of, like, something for iWatch or something. Like, all of this, like, advertising is, like, this is in your brain. and You've got people, like, big money going behind, just like food. Mm-hmm. You've got huge money into manipulating your your butts, like, your, 
you want to fight, you want to eat healthy, but it's like there is a massive industry that everybody's job every day. Well, it's not so nefarious, but there are, there are chemical, there are tests to find just the sweet spot of your taste buds. So you're getting just enough that keeps you wanting more, mm-hmm. but never satisfied. There are, it's playing with yeah. your, like, chemically with your meal, taste buds. meal enhancers and uh, vomit suppressors that are combined in some, oh, yeah, oh. welcome to McDonald's. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's a horrible set of words together. Yeah. But, like, this is such, you're such a passionate uh, fighter of justice, which is amazing. But where did that come from? Like, who gave you the inspiration that you could have that strength and confidence? I don't. I don't think that I feel particularly strong. I just know the things that I am angry about. Right, but you are different than a lot of people where you're angry about it and you're doing something about it. You speak up about it. Because I think... <laughs> you know that you that's not... You can't difficult. be angry. You can't be... I don't see the reason of being... What is what is anger if, it, if you do nothing with it? What is the outrage if nothing happens from it? Am I, am I making... Am I making progress? I don't know. I'm trying everything that I can do. I'm, I'm never going to know. I just like, know that I'm outraged by certain things and I want to do something about it. I, I don't have the answers for what that is, but I don't understand. I don't understand being outraged by something and having it be okay tomorrow because I just, I see complacency as such a major concern and a major hindrance for the major cause of inertia. Mm-hmm. Right, so so people like your 14-year-old niece, what advice do you give her to combat this? Uh, oh, my niece is like, she's not even one yet. Oh, who's Yeah, those, those are my friend's, uh, oh, friend's, my friend's niece. Okay. Um, like, uh, I don't know, I keep Because think... I, I, I fear for them. Yes. Like, we have the ability of, of boostering, bolstering our confidence and doing things like that, but for them, dealing with social media is a whole other ballgame. I know, and we can't understand it the way that they understand it. No. Because they grew up with it in their blood. Yeah. Like I that think rating of... system, the rating system, oh, be, even from other women around them, like their peers, it's, mm-hmm. it, uh, it, I fear for them. Yeah. So I mean, what advice we, do you feel... give them? What do you, what do you think we can do? I always feel like so much of it has to be in education and awareness. Because if you're aware of it, then you, you can do something with it. Whether or not you do the exact same thing, at least you're aware that you are doing that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's being able to surround yourself with the with the options. That that's not the only option. And being aware, even if you're complicit in the system, mm-hmm. of being like, okay, then today I'm going to say I, I, I go along with that. And I accept it. Today is not all about making that change. Because I think in your brain, then your brain starts to be trained by... You know when the like button started to be on everything? Mm-hmm. At first it's like, oh, this is, this is kind of dumb. And now it's like nothing. I know. Up, click, up, click, yeah. up, click. Yeah. Because the brain starts to form these connections. People with like addiction too, it's like after a while when they try to separate from the substance, those things are broken. Those pathways have right. to like regrow. And what happens is that things move so fast now that it's like, these pathways are formed, so it's like trying to keep them from forming is such a huge battle. So I think like a, the awareness, like having option, knowing the options and understanding a little bit more of like the system that's feeding you, like understanding advertising, I think is really helpful. Yeah. Because you're able to break it down instead of buying it um, 
wholeheartedly and not understand yeah, a lot of the ma- manipulation. Yeah. Like I looked, there was a Trump ad for one of his hotels and it's like a dude's dude and he's sitting with like a glass of whiskey and his like his tie thing is undone and there's a woman in the background who looks like she's on her way to the bedroom and she's got like a backless dress, like sexy yeah. one. And you go, nothing subtle in that. Right. But even without the subtlety, when you're exposed constantly to those images and also in speaking with my heterosexual male friends and just male friends in general the male brain is very different on a lot of fronts yeah and it has nothing to do with like personality or how like it's educated like just the way that the, the brain responds i'm sure in most humans but specifically male to female there's a big difference that you know when that stuff's happening constantly and we're on our phones and there's more yeah. advertising like that really starts to create your world view like i see mm. that you fought through that and just gone through as a strong actress mm. what do you think about that oh, that's interesting i don't know i yearn for the days where there isn't any of that yeah like now i feel like we're at a stage where it's very pro diversity but i'm not sure how much closer we are to representation right you know, I think, I feel like we're just fighting for a day where it's like, let's see some real, real people looking like real people telling some real right. stories. I feel like the stories have really diversified. One thing I really loved about the system in, in England is that I yeah. felt like people looked like... Everybody says that about England. I don't know why we can't embrace it here in North America. But that, I don't know if it's like the general public just doesn't put up with it. Like there would be, you know, before they introduce a character, they'll talk about a character mm-hmm. a lot. And a lot of times, I remember that happening on Luther, and then when the big boss showed up, it was a woman. Right. And I thought, ah, my brain's not used to that, because I'm you're not expecting used a man. to seeing that. Yeah. And they can be all of the things. They can be these, like, individuals that we are obsessed, I find, in North America especially, with likable. And I don't quite understand that. But do you think that's likable for men and women? Because I, I think that yeah. it's okay to be unlikable as a man, but not as a woman. Yes, yes, there, there, there is a difference yes, there. I think it might be changing a bit, but... There is a difference there, but and I think, again, it calls... That's where the subtle... That there's where the subtle biases exist, where it's like, why? Why do we need our women to be yeah. likable? Or you, more so than men? What do you think the answer is to that? Why we require yeah. it? Because we view women differently. We still like, look at them to service. And, and women are just as... We're all, we're all, you know, like, part of this mm-hmm. system. You know, like, I realized sort of earlier this year I thought even in the ways that I think myself empowering for women maybe they still exist within the same system construct mm-hmm. so maybe nothing has changed but it has to have changed look at what we look at our resumes now in comparison to 10 years ago like it might not have changed as fast as we want it to because mm-hmm. we're impatient people but I feel like it has we like there's more roles there's more and we're all doing things to challenge that or we're doing things to add to our community you're directing you're part of the solution by mm-hmm. creating things mm-hmm. do you feel like that there's a responsibility for you to do that I feel like the things that I want to see changed are more easily changed from that mm-hmm. side right that action occurs I think within acting there's only so much power in that you say yes or you say no for the most part mm-hmm. in the structure yeah you know you accept a part or you do not accept a part. Yeah. Once you're in the part, it's debatable how much uh, influence you have, and that's different from production to production. Yeah. Um, but when I was directing, I did notice that just the act of me being the director, 
that because of that, whatever POVs or uh, views that I hold automatically trickle down. Mm-hmm. And then I was able to, to cast in a way that reflected a, a world that I see, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I was able to explore issues that, that I'm interested in in my life. Yeah. And so inevitably when you're the person creating, creating that, it has to stem from you and the people involved. Mm -hmm. And because of that, it's going to come from your POV to some extent. Right. Because it's coming from you. Mm -hmm. Whereas like acting, you're still, still sort of like a vehicle of the the structure and there's beauty in that. I mean, there's something so romantic about being able to inhabit a person yeah because that's that's what's so enticing about acting too like i'm constant i'm infinitely interested in people like humans are the most curious curious creatures and you'll never be bored studying humans and why we say or do or don't say or do the yeah. things that we do um but in terms of changing the content and changing what gets reflected i feel like you can't be creation that's the only way to do it is that why you started directing i had almost I had always been like directing, acting right on, when I applied for school, I yeah. applied for both. And then when, even when I got into acting for theater in our second year, we streamed and I got into directing and acting and okay. like, acting just went out. Yeah. But I, I've always been interested and, and a lot of it has been in just being like, no, it's important that I don't feel women more so than men, I think don't step up if they don't feel ready. And men are just, um, they're, the structure is different. I think yeah. boys are always told, like, you can do it. Yeah. You're going to do it. And and women, a lot of times, it's like... And oh, you didn't you feel ready fulfill, to direct? Was there a part I of don't, you? I don't know if any, like... I don't know if you ever... I don't know. It's like kids where it's like, do you ever feel really ready? Like, I know even I the first day learning, I shadowed... Right? Exactly. So you always go, well, I'm learning. I'm happy yeah. to learn. But what about the day when you do? But nothing well, gets anywhere unless you do. Yeah. Who are you shadowing? So on Kim's, I shadowed all three directors. Oh, right so I, on. Yeah, I shadowed yeah. Don Wilkinson, James Gann, and Peter Wellington. Yeah. And that was an incredible experience. Yeah. And just as interesting in terms of learning what it's like to be a director as a human being. Yeah. That side I'd never really seen. Yeah. Like, even but just, also you knew that piece so intimately too, right? Yeah. Like that world of Kim's Convenience. Like yeah. it was probably a second nature for you to shadow and be like, I see how it's functioning. It was nice because also um, the showrunner from Insecurity was on it. And oh, Ince cool. was, you yeah. know, one of the yes, showrunners. Of course, and it's yeah. like, so knowing that that really helped. Yeah. And it helped That's me Kevin be White. able to concentrate yeah. on the stuff I was trying to learn too from the directors because there's usually so much stuff happening on yeah. set that if you can know those factors, those are knowable factors, you're like, okay, then I can focus on learning from the directors and yeah. seeing what they're doing. And Has, Was that the first time you've done something like that? Yeah, on a on a show that yeah, yeah and it that. inspired you to do your own stuff now. Like, do you no, feel I like did that's... my own stuff before. So I, did, I shot okay. the um, short film in, at the end of May. Okay, and then this just happened. We just right. Yeah, we just. Finished it's interesting. That it feels like it's kind of coming to you a little bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you definitely have to. You definitely have to hustle for it. And I yeah. think that's the important thing is you got to speak up. You got to speak up for wanting it, and yeah. then you have to be be able to say okay I'm ready for this I'm still learning I'm always learning but I'm, I'm ready for this yeah I think uh, I've heard that happens a lot with female directors and that people are so interested to have more female directors that they sometimes get their breaks 
so to speak, too early. And then they're not ready because they don't have the experience or they don't have the confidence to man the ship confidence properly or woman the ship. I think, everybody, I think everybody feels like they're not ready. And that's another thing. The more I'm on set too, I'm like, a lot of people have to make it up, but you have to believe that you know you can solve the problem. Yeah. A lot of it is problem solving. And just nothing can replace, and I think this is the same as an actor, nothing can replace your belief that you can do it. Right. And that is Where did you learn that from? That's like, like, that's a really crucial key to your self-confidence and self-worth. Where, who taught you that? Do you have like a mentor or a cheerleader no. that along the way has been like, <laughs> no, this is all you. This no, is just... I just feel like I, I watch it and I go, oh, okay. Yeah. You really see it. I feel like it's Like really have you worked with a director and... that had that kind of confidence that went, oh, that's what I want to be doing when I'm directing? I've seen directors where, and now being a little bit more on the other side, I go, hmm, that's really admirable. Where a scene's not going, it's not going to plan, and they're able to just change it all on the fly. Because you see then following directors where you just, you see how much goes into prep. And you see how, really, there's not a lot of flexibility. I think as an actor, you're always like, we're going to come in, we're going to discuss, and then we're going to play, maybe I'll improv, you know. I'll find my way in the scene. Yeah. But it's it's so planned, like down to floor plans and, and logistics, like... No, the toilet's going to flush on this side. Right. Like you're going to have to pick it up with this hand. Yeah. The minutia. But you must love that stuff, like as a researcher. Oh, yeah. 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 And all the prep. Yeah. It's really nerdy in a lot of ways. But then you also have to, like, what was amazing on working on this, this film called Miss Sloan is like John Madden. Oh, yeah. Like, this what is killer. an amazing director. But, but you're was, acting on it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah, acting yeah. on it. Okay. But you're observing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like what this guy has like been nominated for an Oscar did like phenomenal like phenomenal work incredible artistic eye and he was so open to anything that we had to say and anything that we had to offer and and that is down to you know like the things that we had to say the words that specific words that we had to say um what our takes were about whether or not it was appropriate and like not huge like jessica's like on every on every page of script yeah she's in every scene and we are not. Right. But he was, he took the same care and made us feel like, you know, and he made a speech on the, the day of the reading and it was just so inspiring. He's like, everyone's carrying the torch for the time that they're carrying it and it matters, you know, it's everybody is a part of this okay. as a whole. Yeah. And you go, nobody, made, like, I find that a rare experience from a director. Um, and down to like... But also it's, it gives you a sense of uh, ownership of the project. Yes. Right? Which I think is so valuable because yes. I think often people's need for power uh, takes that away. So they're like, you know what, don't give me your opinion. I'm going to tell you what to think as opposed to let's collaborate and then we own it together. And that's the thing. That's what I feel like I learned about from a director standpoint is that he was, even though you're talking about this massive project that now like people are talking about. No, this is huge. But he was able to, in this state, with this project, to come down to someone and be like, um, well, what do you what do you think? Yeah. What do you think? And yeah. that takes such extraordinary generosity, but also I think trust, because when you think about the amount, like I planned for like you should the the sleepless days that I would have in planning for a short film. Yeah. That was like six minutes and forty one yeah. seconds. And he's got a the two sleepless, hour sleepless. Like this is a a massive yeah. feature film with massive like money involved and, and schedules yeah. and all of this. 
And for you to have the generosity to come in and be like, I trust you with this part. What do you think? But I think that's confidence too, right? So that yeah. he knows if whatever he's got can, like he's looking for opinions to add to what he has already. To add, exactly. Yeah. But it's hard, I think, a lot of times when you work so hard, because I never think it comes from a place of malice, but you work so hard. There's so much planning, and a lot of it is very specific. There are a lot of technical reasons why yeah. certain things have to happen in it's certain time scenes. too, right? There's it's no time. time, and there's never enough money. Yeah. So because of that, a lot of things are formed. Yeah. So to have somebody come in and have that, I mean, maybe never any never. Nothing got asked that was so outside of the realm of what was possible, but it never felt that way. Right. So I think that that's, that's really big. I don't know that that's appropriate. Maybe it's a little bit different in a feature. I know television is very different. It's a very different machine. Yeah. But, yeah, observing, you can learn so much by observing people. Is this what you thought you'd always be doing? This life that you're living right now? Acting, theater, film, mm -hmm. directing now? No, I don't know that I had this image when I was a kid of me older, like in a space. Like I never pictured. You didn't have like a dream of like little Grace is going to grow up and become this? No, I feel like the closest like kind of fantasy that I lived was like, like I was saying, like the three ninjas thing where I was right. like, I'm going to go to Los Angeles. <laughs> and but then since that then it was like, this is what is right now. And I, I can see this little bit ahead. Yeah. And I'm I'm driven in that. Yeah. You don't have like a five-year plan. Or I, I do, but I don't know if it's so crystallized to be, I don't know. I never see myself like, oh, I'm going to be sitting in this type of office or I'm going to be sitting in this type Probably of Probably not an office based on that other situation you went through where you <laughs> no, quit after a week. No, I'm very like, um, yeah. <laughs> but don't you have like ambition, ambition dreams in your, in your mind? Yeah, I do, but I never, I guess I never back-end them. I never go, oh, this is what it's going to look like in the end. Right. You're just kind of mo going There's on a so more many... immediate dream. Yeah, now I know I'm really pushing for, I definitely want to be involved in directing and creation. Yeah. A lot more. Yeah. A lot of that is uh, practical as well, just for women in the business, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. You can't, like... I mean, I hear that, and I also challenge it, because I go, if, like, would you rather be acting than directing? Now I don't see... When I started kind of moving into directing, I thought a lot, I was like, because I want to create these projects, because I want to play in these roles. And now what started to happen is that I see so much more importance in the creation of that work and what the work has to say. Yeah, that I'm willing to be like, okay, I'm more interested in the overall vision that's more important to me. So if it came down to that or acting, yeah, I think I would go with directing. Yeah, I just, when you said, and I don't disagree with you, but when you said, you know, in our, the longevity of a woman in our industry, you have to think about doing other things. Yeah, that's not exactly why, but I also think if I want to keep saying things, it is important because naturally with time and like, I've read a lot of, data on this stuff the numbers bear it out right you know like we can feel that things are changing and overall things are changing but statistically you know like we have the same 365 days a year that you're gonna have to make money to survive mm -hmm. you know men and women alike and the opportunity is just not the same right you know like the, the the numbers are not the same and a lot of this has to do with um 
also seeing women transition, a lot of times a, a leaky mm -hmm. part of the pipe is is because men's careers, they tend to be in lead roles for longer. They're able to work later into, and their roles are more substantial. Right. So that gives them, and, and that allows you more financial flexibility to be able to transition. Whereas like if women are at the game sooner, then it's more financially unstable. Right. It makes it less likely. And then there are familial things that play into, you know, like unpaid when you're um, raising a family or something like yeah. that then there are those things to contend with because this business has made a lot of personal connections and there is such a thing as trajectory. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. Yeah, it's funny because I remember talking to somebody and them saying, when you hit uh, 50 as a woman in our industry, find something else to do for a couple of years until you hit grandma status and then you'll start working again. But I, I, I feel like that's changing, but I also feel like I feel responsible to change it. Yes. Do you feel like that too? Yeah, like I don't creation of things like writing. Are you writing as well? Yeah. I've yeah. never felt as strong a, I love dialogue, but I don't feel a great gift in story structure. I find story structure really difficult I'm inter because I'm, I'm interested in character. Mm -hmm. Like I like the little details. I like that little research, mm -hmm. but when it gets to like, you're giving me the arc because I think I don't like to pin down the theme. Yeah, why not? If that makes sense. Because I feel like I've had to tell the story and I've had to say what's right or wrong. Right, okay. In a certain way. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I feel like 90% of a script is easy to write and then the last 10% is like the undoable because that's when you have to say what it's about. Right. You know, like yeah. whereas I love dialogue. I could I could script dialogue all day long, I feel like, because that's like yeah. two people and you've got these pods of personality. But I feel like the weight of like, well, what's the story? And maybe that's, it's too, maybe it doesn't need to be that heavy. Right. But I find that a challenge in, in writing. Is right. that your whole world? Like, is this, like, what else do you do to balance all this? Because it feels like you're, you're one of the most <laughs> driven artists that I know in your work. Oh, like, thanks. I see you on stage and I don't think, and I see your commitment to your craft on stage and in film. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think you call things in. I think you go as deep as you can. But how do you balance that in your life? So balance is something I feel like I've tried to, or have had to start to learn in like the last couple of years. Just start, like, right? Yeah. Yeah, because no, eventually it's... your body would be like, nope. Oh yeah, no, my body told me a long time ago, nope. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think sometimes it takes the body, it's really sad yeah. that that's the case. Did you have like a wake up call? Uh, I feel like it's just been slow. Yeah. Like, and I've always needed my body to do it, and it's only been in the last year that I've really started to change a lot of fundamental thinking that I carry and uh -huh. I realize how difficult it is to change because it's tied to ideas of like our function as, as humans and what I think is important in life. Yeah. But your health is not to be disrespected. And there are certain things that it's like you, a lot of these things are important. Yes. But at the cost of death. <laughs> right you know like but who how did who do you know that's dying because they're unbalanced are you were you did you have a health scare no but I mean I've had I've had times in my life where my body's just like shut down no yeah no and for me it was always like oh well it's this or it's or it's that and then you realize after a while like how easily I get if I read too much news in a day yeah and I can't get up. Yeah. I see the world in a state and I think we're not getting anywhere. What are we Where doing? do you put that then? So for me, it's a yeah. lot about self-care and I'm sometimes not great with it. Like because... Hence uh, getting off Facebook. 
Yes. Yeah. Face, that's one of those things where I was like, for my mental health, I can handle certain things. And I feel like they're parts of the business that make sense. I don't always agree with them, but I, I see their place. Yeah. You know, like I'm not change the things that are, save your energy to change the things that are most important. So I'm like, Facebook is Who said huge that? Need. That seems like a quote you've carried around oh, forever. No, I just said. That's pretty good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> you should write them down. I'm going to, I'm playing this back and I'm going to get that for a t-shirt for you sure. You know, like, but there are days when it's just like, no more, use it for, you have to save the good energy. And I don't think that that's a bottomless well. Yeah. No, so that's when we get sick. Do right? enough to be informed. Cause I believe in that. Like it made me really angry that I had to read about muskrat falls and what the indigenous protests are happening there on Twitter. And I don't think it's public knowledge and I don't know how much people care. On the Why did it make you angry that you read about it on Twitter? That I'm not like you should have known inundated. This. You should have known this before or you yes. should have. And that people are on like, like somebody's they're ten, now 11 days into like a hunger, hunger strike. And so now core is like this, um, provincially owned company and the point is that basically they'll have to flood this land to be able to progress with the next stage of development here mm -hmm. but flooding it will basically poison um and you know pollute the land where they live and so people are on this they're on this hunger strike and Nalcor was forced to do a report and their report said it's fine and one of the, the East Coast MPs was like, eat less fish. And he's, nice. uh, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's better to so, have more context. But basically, then another study had to be conducted by Dr. Elsie Sutherland from Harvard. And it said the exact opposite. Right. And it's like, how are we not able to, and this happens in food all the time, yeah. too. The people who fund the study, are, and you, you look at it, you go, use your own common sense. Use your own common sense. Read a couple of the facts. Read as many facts as you can consume. Yeah. And then make your own decision. What seems sensible to you? Yes. So that's that's the stuff that gets me. Right. So you have to balance that. You can only take so much information so that you can get out of bed in the morning. Yeah. But also I, I will always take like, because I don't, if I'm going to tweet about it too, I want to understand it. Yes. You know, like that statistic where they're like the amount of stuff that gets tweeted and they can they know that nobody's read it because the amount of time between seeing the tweet and the retweet right. is too short to have, for have any for anyone to have read it. Yeah, I love that when people say, "I haven't even read this. I just agree with it." I'm like, You're oh, like, what? Are you, what? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Is it a is it a little dancing cat? Because I you agree know. with that. <laughs> yeah. no, we so al always agree. <laughs> I always agree with always dancing agree. cats. Yeah. Um, do you then feel responsibility as a new director to direct issue oriented pieces? Not necessarily because I feel like everything that you direct. So this script that I got, I didn't write this particular script, okay. but it was informed and by is all this of the those. Short film or the theater? This is the short film that I did. Oh, okay, sense yeah. Of security. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, like the concept guide that I wrote had to do with like all of the questions that I hold, all the questions we have about privacy, like because it was a lot about like tech, um, technology yeah. and the balance of like relationships between women. And how a lot of times also like women in positions of power are often not helpful to women who are not because they are yeah. the sole woman and they're being, they're under a microscope. What is that? I don't understand that. Because there are so, like Master of None, is it the greatest show ever made? No. But is it speaking to a, 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 a community that has <clears throat> not had a lot of press time? Yes. <clears throat> because of that, the weight of that right. on this like, the, the rules of science, if it's fewer, then there's way more weight bearing on this one show. Right. 
they know that. And they're like, thank you for years of, you know, even in yeah. Alan Yank's speech, he was like, for years of, you know, shows with white male yeah. showrunners. So now we have a space for this. Yeah. Do you, you think know? Kim's Convenience has the same pressure? Yeah, but it also has like a, I feel like that Kim's has this great, it's got this great backing. It's coming at just the right time. Yeah. That everyone's looking for this. Like, I think people have been calling for diversity for such a long time. Yeah. They were like, they didn't water the plant. And now they want to reap the fruit. And right. Like, wow, good luck. Yeah. But Kim's yeah. was already like packaged and like ready to go. Kim's has been a beast of its own for, you know, for the amount of, it's almost 10 years I now. I know, it's incredible. What you an know? amazing journey. So it's pushed to this point. Now it's the perfect time. They're looking for this. It's just, it's just right. But you know, if you want to be disheartened, read some comic books. <laughs> right reports. yeah that'll always bring you down to space you know well like, i mean god yeah, that or... to be anonymous you can just say whatever you want to say you can't take any of those comments oh too. but i do take them seriously because i feel like people on give you their honest opinion because they don't have to stand in front of you and say it yeah i'm not saying not take them seriously i'm just saying not um let them define you yeah but i i there's a part of me that likes to hear that because i go this is what's i like to know what mm -hmm. the actual views are outside of sure my own so you go but do you take them personally do you take like and do you fight back do you do you no i try engage? not to, I try, sometimes i can't help on certain yeah. issues but for the most part no because when it's vitriolic like that you're just like nothing can be gained yeah there are no minds to be changed I right. just go, if this person's in the far pasture, that's not the pasture I'm playing in. Yeah, so yeah. Let's not. I mean, you're always going to get controversy on everything that you do. Yeah, and there will be very divisive, like, you know, like, points of view. Yeah. But I like to hear them because I don't want to be placated by progress that isn't progress. Or, or I like to know that there are still other views out there. I know that a lot of people will champion it, and mm -hmm. I, I know that I do. I'm interested in when people don't, what that is, because it's me trying to understand, like, so what is it? Like, I get that. What is the issue? It's like talking to somebody who supports Trump. Like, I'm, I'm actually curious. I'd like to know. Because I feel like if I understood, maybe, maybe I'd find more of a common ground, or maybe, maybe this is all just in service of trying to allow them to see how I see things, yeah. too, and for them to understand why I don't agree and why I don't think it's a good idea. Yeah. You know, there's something in that because I inherently don't believe that human beings are bad, whatever that means by nature. I don't think that they're inherently no. uh, evil as a as a their default setting. You no, know? I like, no, I think people are doing the best they can. It's yeah. just not always best for other people. Yes, like sometimes the best for somebody is really shitty for me. Yeah, but I honestly that <clears throat> based on their upbringing or their situation at that time and place in life in the world, yeah. that's the best they've got. So when that <clears> happens <throat> and it's, whether it's, a, um, like I think a lot of times with, um, with racism, it's like, it's quite aggressive. Mm -hmm. So in a case like that, where that might've happened to you, I don't know if you've experienced something like that, but like when racism? it's aggressive, when it's aggressive yeah. towards you, what's your reaction then to that? For me, oh, um, yeah, I've had good, uh, I've had comments and I, I don't, I just don't let them define me. I take them as somebody that is needing to feed a part of themselves that is insecure and it's got nothing to do with me. And I, I'm not going to get defined by strangers. Mm -hmm. 
I just am not. I don't like. I'll I'll define myself, but I'm not gonna mm-hmm. let somebody tell me what my quality is that's good or bad. Mm-hmm. I know what my good qualities are. Oh, that's yeah, that's great. right. But do you do you have that? Well, I don't. Um, I never think about it as in terms of them defining me. But like I, I but like to... racism and stuff like that. Do you let those infiltrate your? Well, that's really it's really hard because yeah. it it disagrees so vehemently with my worldview. Yeah. Because essentially what that's saying is how different we are and that one that person is less than the other and that hurts my worldview. It's yeah, I agree personal. with you. It, it's, it's painful for the way I see the world and the things I want to believe about human beings. Such a dangerous concept. Because well, what's I, your idea of perfection? Well, I think for a long time, like I, I've always chased it because you go, this is what working hard means. And yeah. Like, and we, we but really chasing what? Like specifically perfection. Like what that means. Like, like physically, like emotionally, be, yeah, all the things. Yeah, all of the things, all the levels of of perfection. You know, like academic perfection, right? Physical perfection, professional perfection, relationship perfection. Um, and when you're chasing perfection, nothing is ever satisfying. You're never content. Yeah. And that's it's a not a great state because you will never be happy. No. When you're chasing perfection, because perfection is unattainable. But I think a lot of times perfection gets put in the same box as, um, as uh, perfection, sort of like ambition or... Yeah, because you're ambitious. Or, yeah. And I think ambition can be... Drive can be positive. Like all of these things can be positive, but perfection is, is really difficult. But we treat that as a positive aspect, and I think it's quite damaging. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's quite damaging... What, what do you think drives you? I think what drives me is the belief that we as humans have the ability to make changes that can affect ourselves and the world outside of ourselves. Yeah. That yeah. drives me. So looking back on your life, let's say uh, 10, 20, 30 years from now, mm-hmm. what, what, will you, what will you be proud of if you've accomplished it? I'll be part. I'll be proud if I started conversations. If I made people think about something in a different way, I mean that's the key. Mm-hmm. When we agree, we all agree. But the the biggest, the biggest thing we can do ourselves, because really I don't think we can change one another. I think it's really important to know that the change, because then you put it on outside people, you put it on something outside yourself. We're really the only thing you were definitely able to change as yourself. Mm-hmm. So if I can, you know, I went to see this um, documentary by Mina Shum called The Ninth Floor. And it was about this incident that happened in, at a Montreal university where um, there was a protest because black students were getting the exact same marks and they felt like their marks were not fair from this white professor. Mm-hmm. So they had staged, like, they were, they were sitting in at the, on the ninth floor in, like, a computer office. And I'd never heard about this incident. And people, like, the police did come up. And there was this very, um, basically, like, arson, I think. And the whole floor got set on fire. Oh, my God. And this was an incident I never heard of. And, you know, like, you get the normal Q&A questions afterwards for the director. And she said something at the end. She said, but in the end, you have to realize that the... You know, like, does she not never get disheartened? And she was like, in the end, you have to know that the one thing that you can change is yourself. And if I can look at that and say, I might be 
a part of that problem. Mm -hmm. What can I do to change? Then you can create change. If we're always saying, oh, this is a problem outside myself, I must educate others. Like, no. Mm -hmm. Because the only thing you're sure of being able to change is you. And if you believe that you can do it, maybe it's more likely that you will never do something like that. Mm -hmm. So I think if you've made, if I would be so happy if I could start a conversation where somebody thought something that they had never thought before, they saw it in a different light. I want to affect the people that I love in a way where I, I feel like at the end of their days they felt like I was a good friend to them, that I loved them, that I loved my family, that they knew that they could count on me, that I brought some sort of light to their lives. Um, and then you hope to leave behind some work that brings joy to people. You know, I've spent a lot of time in hospitals and like people want to laugh when mm -hmm. times are dark. I just want to see a spinoff show of that character you played on Slings and Arrows. Oh, yeah. I just want to see her. I know, Emily She's now. She's adorable. Emily now. Wow, yeah. that would that's be what, That's what would happen if you'd stayed in that government job. You would become <laughs> her. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because I feel like I'm, I'm more regularly cast in a character like Emily or in a character like I played on House Party, which is yeah. this nihilistic sort yeah, of Yeah, wow, you have such... Kind of, because those are very real parts opposites, of my right? personality. <laughs> I come by them very honestly. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they're, like, acting is just re revealing parts of yourself, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, amazing. Absolutely. Um, so what's next, then? You're going to direct more? What happens if you direct so much you stopped acting? I don't think that would be a loss. I mean, I You'd think acting okay? will always be... Yeah. Yeah, I think acting will always be there because it's an interesting, it's like, it's like dancing from the inside, right? Like it's a, you'll be like, oh, I just feel like I got to do it again. Yeah. I know? love that dancing from the inside. <laughs> I've never heard that before. I love it. It is a bit, right? Like, yeah. So you're going to direct more? Do you feel like that's your pull right yeah, now? Yeah, I would really love to, to create yeah. more. Would you write something that you direct? That kind Yeah, of but I would be open to, like, I'm, I'm working on a pitch with a friend and I think we both oh, okay. would love to, to do that. Yeah. But I, um... I think when you're collaborating, like it's it's very open, it's very fluid. Like, yeah, I and I'd be interested in directing other projects because I also feel like once I get my hands on a script, too, that's a whole different process. You're right. Yeah, I'm not precious a... about it being like everything that I wrote. Sometimes I think it's it's nice to have the distance. Yeah, you know. Yeah, because certain things have to be. You can be more. You can scrutinize in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to find out what you do. Yeah. It's gonna be big. It can't be no small. No, no, but pressure. based on you and who you are, there's no way you can do small projects if you're creating. Yeah. I don't think I'll see you directing like a just for laughs gag. I just don't think of Do you know what, but though? You'd be very if good I believe in anything, I also believe like so strongly in the power of comedy. Oh, God, yeah. That is like are one you of kidding the me? biggest. I'm an advocate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When the shit goes bad, that's what people turn to. That's yeah. what we need. And you that's have it accessible too, which is an amazing thing because I've seen you do like yeah. amazing drama, but also comedy. It's an amazing thing to have. Yeah. This is this is what I think you do in the morning. You wake up and you go, <laughs> what shall I be today? Shall I do comedy? Shall I do drama? Maybe I'll direct today. Maybe I'll do theater. I just think you can do anything. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's hilarious. It's, in it's be interesting to be like, what do you think my life looks like? And, and then, then I think you eat like, really well, too. <laughs> yeah, I've got, yeah, I bet you do all that so stuff. So <laughs> I struggle very hard with snap peas. Okay, that's not a struggle. Peas. I know, but that's like, not... well, I can't tell. I, I struggle don't have, with I don't chicken have time wings and hot dogs. Do, like, yes. Yeah. But in the darkness of my own home. Yeah. 
because I like I learned so much about food as a because I have a very I've got a very addictive personality. Yeah. Because and again it's I guess it's the extremism. It's just like my brain's like this is good. Let's do more. Of yeah, this. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like directing right now. This is good. Let's do more. Yeah, it's yeah. Like that I think is like it's a good. That's a that's a positive energy. Sometimes, and this is why the perfection thing is interesting, because I think the ideas of perfection can make us really crash and burn at certain yeah. times too. Yeah. You know, so it's just like if it's okay if you did the best you could today, then that's yeah, the good. best. It's like you can learning self acceptance. Yeah. Right, and that the world's not gonna you know begin and end on whatever you are doing that day. I believe in a lot of these things. I believe in healthy eating. Am I a perfect human being? No. Oh. I'm not really looking to, to be that. I love poutine, you know. I don't think, I don't want to take that away from my life. <laughs> don't you know? take my poutine away. No, no. But it's also being, like, cognizant of what the business is, is like. Yeah. You know, like, and the business is a weird, totally. pod space of narcissism and, and business and artistry and corporation Mm -hmm. you know like it's a it's a weird space to to inhabit and I think what you have to do to take care of yourself to be in that and to be able to express yourself creatively there's no shame in what you have to do as long as it doesn't hurt somebody else yeah do you have any advice for people that are women girls um in our industry that are sort of stepping into it try and learn about yourself and then really accept that you don't need to be perfect, that there's no such thing as perfection and perfection actually harms us. And that you're ready for it. That's really important. You'll always learn. You'll always be learning. If you work hard, you'll always learn more. But you are ready for it right now. That's important for women to understand. I like that a lot. I like that we're always learning. I hope I never stop. No. My grandmother lived to be 105. Oh, that's and, what kept her alive. I right? believe it. And she was like, how does that computer work? And I'd be like, okay, I'm a... Her, she had throat cancer, and I was taking... Uh, I was in theater school, and I come back and teach her um, vocal lessons to strengthen oh, her throat, because really? I thought it would help her. And yeah. so, you know, like the Mimi Mamo moo. Oh, my goodness. So then I, I was like, Emma, did you work on your voice today? And she was like... You called your grandma Emma? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'd say, Emma, did you work on your voice? And she'd go... Me, 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 Momo, okay enough. <laughs> and that was her work. <laughs> but yeah, she was curious till she died, for sure. Yeah, that'll sustain you, man. I do think there's a new saying that's going to float around after people hear this, is curiosity uh, killed the grace. Not that you're going <laughs> to die, but I think you're a very curious woman. I am, but yeah. I also think it sustains me. Yeah, I love yeah. it. It fuels you, for sure. Yeah, me and Emma all the way, man. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, you guys looked similar too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thanks, Grace. Oh, you're so and that is my chat with Grace. I just love her. She's such a smarty pants, and she's so um, I don't know. She does everything with such smartiness. Yeah, that's the word I used. Such smartiness and such passion. I I really admire it. Uh, you're going to want to follow her on Twitter and find out what she's doing next. And her account is at Gracelyn Kung, G-R-A-C-E-L-Y-N-N-K-U-N-G. Go follow her. See what she's up to. She's going to be doing something fabulous. Hey, while you're at it, why don't you go ahead and follow us too? We're on Instagram and Twitter at Firecracker Department. That's Firecracker D-E-P-T. And uh, go check the past episodes out. Hey, are you a doodler? doodle while you listen to one of these episodes i'd love to see what you create follow us on facebook hey we have 
the last Sunday of every month, we're going to do a Facebook Live event. And um, if I can grab one of the past firecrackers, I will. Or maybe a future firecracker. I'll do that too. Go look at your calendar. Is the last Sunday coming up? Is it? When are you listening to this? If it's the last Sunday coming up, mark it on your calendar. 1 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. 4 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Let's have a chat about what's inspiring you these days. And uh, let's share the inspiration. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. I sure do appreciate all the feedback and all the support this podcast is getting. Uh, I'm really having a good time with it. Thanks so much to the Carousel Pictures folks and to Grayson Matthews, Sebastian, my buddy Sebastian, who puts it all together and makes it sound even better. He's the best. Sebastian, right? All right, everyone, go put your face in the sun. Go get inspired or be inspiring and have a fantastic day. Let me know what's going on with you today. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.